Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 92, recorded on June 18th, 2018. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll be talking about Carlos Carrasco's lack of elbow damage, um, Corey Kluber and the potential for him to get slimed live on stage, um, the bullpen not being completely terrible, the AL Central being completely terrible, and the possibility of Mike Napoli coaching in Cleveland, maybe? Maybe playing? Hopefully not, but just coaching? Um, joining me, as always, to talk about all that and more is, of course, Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Um, pretty good. I just ate some fried chicken, so... You know, feel like I should be in uh, Terry Francona's uh, clubhouse. Hey, <laughs> that is a. I was I was gonna say aged reference, but it just seems like so Throwback. long ago he's on the uh, Red Sox. But <laughs> I know, right? It was, what was it, 2011 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Remember he when he was a, like the bad coach because he did that? And yeah, and he took a sabbatical on, on on ESPN and Fox Sports and was the best color <laughs> analyst ever, and just. Showed how embarrassingly bad uh, Tim McCarver was when he when he took that what the ALCS off. <laughs> yeah, I do not want Tito to go anywhere, but when he does, I'm very excited for him to be in a booth somewhere, anywhere, mm-hmm. talking about baseball. Because even his post game conferences, I watch all the time. Are, oh, they're great. His really voice is the best. Sounds like he's chewing on something all the time because he is a combination <laughs> of gum and, and red man. But oh, but man, even when he's, he's not, it just sounds like it. What a delight. <laughs> I'm great though. Thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we'll start, I mean, the most obvious thing to talk about um, is Carlos Carrasco, the human baseball magnet, took another one off the elbow. I was going to look up how many times he's been hit, but I didn't get a chance to. I know it's at least, um, this is the second time in like two weeks he's been hit by the Twins. This will be the second time he's gone to the DL um, in the last, what is it, three years from getting hit by a pitch. Um, but he took a comebacker off the elbow, off Joe Maurer of all people. I hate that guy. Um, it was initially called a contusion. They just said it was he was going to put him on the 10-day DL, DL, I guess, just a precaution, just to make sure. Um, he had an MRI, t- MRI today. And there was no structural damage. Not even a contusion in his elbow, so he just got hit. It spilled up a little bit, and apparently he's going to be fine. Um, I'm kind of – I don't know if there's really a reason to be, but I'm always a little concerned the Indians are going to rush people back now just out of the coincidences of the past. But um, how do you feel about Carrasco? And I guess the, the lineup as a whole, now that he's going to be out at least for 10 days – Maybe a I little mean, shorter, but well, I guess it's at least ten days, no matter what. But right. well, this is just how the the Indians' rotation always has to be, right? There's always going to be two ace level pitchers, and then one guy who's always kind of injured, and then the third guy who's like would be an ace on a lot of other teams, but it's pretty good, and then some uh, some some whatever to fill out the rest. The good news is this whatever may in fact be Shane Bieber. I hate to bring <laughs> up this quickly, but I am going to miss Carlos Carrasco. I have right. said. On our Slack channel before, I've said it on this podcast before, I've written before, he's my favorite pitcher of the collection of talent the Indians have in their starting rotation right now. Um, he's been not as great this year, which has been kind of a bummer. But the good thing about Carlos Carrasco is when he's not good, he's, in a, he's merely an above-average pitcher. And the fact that he's their fourth-best pitcher right now when he's still scuffling and hasn't quite figured it out, that's good news. So they're going to miss him, obviously. Uh no, I don't. I don't understand why baseball is keeping hitting him. Maybe he has something to do with. Boy, that'd be an interesting study to do, huh? Like, like does the location and spin of a, of a certain pitcher's repertoire lead to more batted balls up the middle or not, or in a certain direction? I mean, they always say that a, that a pitcher should be able to pitch a guy into the shift. You know, like like the, there's two parts to shifting on a guy. There's moving the defenders, but also throwing balls that will hit him that way. But yeah, does, does Carrasco somehow throw in such a manner so baseballs come straight back at him all the time? I don't know. I would imagine you couldn't measure that like directly to the pitcher, but you could do like up the middle and um, like to either side and how well he, or how he pitches because there's very clearly something, unless it's just a lot of coincidences that he gets hit so many times. 
I mean, what? I, I, and I don't even have an answer for this. What are the pitches that these have all been too? You know, like are they all? Has it always been his twelve six curve, which would make sense because it's falling straight down, or has it always been? I don't know something else. Who knows? Uh, we could find out. Honestly, we could do the research and look at the four. We're going to end this podcast is, now and delete the VOD so we can, nobody steals this idea and we can make an article out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone shut up. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm writing a book now on, on, <laughs> on getting your own pitchers hit. Uh, I don't know. He's, it is amazing. It keeps on happening, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's so often, especially with injuries like this. Like, I hate in sports when a guy starts getting uh, called injury prone, when, like, he hurts his foot and then his, like, arm and then his chest and then his other foot. Like, these and they're all freak accents. Like these are all Colin Carlos Carrasco injury prone is like saying it's ridiculous because he had Tommy John surgery and then he broke his and, and then he got hit by a baseball and then other stuff. So yeah, uh, that was kind of the sucks. Michael Brantley thing too, is that it was like a shoulder and then a separate arm issue and then an ankle and baseball's hard on the body. It just happens. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing to think it is, but yeah, it's just a lazy fat man sport, but. It's it's I don't know it's all the bursts of energy I suppose. Well, it's hard to imagine that it's it's hard on the body until you you have a dog and you haven't thrown a ball in a long time and you play fetch and then you just throw it as hard as you can a couple times and then your arm is on fire already. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you realize, oh wait, this is actually really hard. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, you go and play catch with a friend of yours after you know two years off, and all of a sudden you can't lift your arm for two days. Whoops. <laughs> well, see, for dogs, they have this nice thing. It's called a. Oh, what is it called? It's, it's called, called a chucker. dog brings it back. Is that what it is? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's called a chucker. It like extends your arm. Your um, what is it? No, that? I know of it. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, those are great. You can just sit down lazily and throw it, and there's zero workout in that. It's the only good reason for it. Turns you into a into a little human trebuchet. It's very nice. Exactly. Very nice. But as you mentioned about the rotation, it's it's. I mean, it wouldn't even be. It wasn't Kluber and Carrasco this year before he got hurt. It was Kluber and Bauer. It's like the the rotation's a Sith. There can always only be two. <laughs> There's always one who goes down one way or the other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's we're just nice really lucky that Bauer stepped up, and it's gonna in a way. I mean, this is not better than having Carrasco in the lineup or the rotation, obviously, but it's gonna give Bieber and Plutko their chance to audition separately without having to rotate them in and out. I guess depending on how many starts he misses. So maybe it'll help figure out the number five starter down the road a little easier. I don't know, but. Um, are you worried about the Indians specifically bringing him back too soon, or do you think it doesn't really matter because it's just his arm got hit and he's fine now? I'm not too aware of what a contusion is. There's a bunch of different words that you use in sports, and I'm like, bursitis. Yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> well, they said it wasn't even All a contusion. Right. Oh. Like, so it's contusion, not even if it's, if it's I don't a know bruise, it is, yeah. it's a really deep bruise. But it wasn't even that. He just got hit and swelled up. And that was it. Nah, he'll be fine. I mean, again, we, we've talked about this before. The Indians are in are in a situation where they can they still have, they have wiggle room because the rest of the division is trash. I mean, ignore what happened this past weekend uh, against the Twins, but the rest of the division is just shitty. I mean, didn't the Twins just send Miguel Sano down to single A? <laughs> yes. That did happen, yeah. right? I, yeah. That wasn't a fever dream I had. Okay. <laughs> well, it was high A. There's a very big difference there. Man, low A baseball is the best. I would love to see, because I went to a lot of Lexington Legends games, the, the low A affiliate of the uh, Kansas City Royals when I was living in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Watching Miguel Sano abuse those poor young boys would be the, <laughs> oh my God. Those 19-year-olds are throwing 89 miles an hour with no movement. Oh my God, he'd kill it. <laughs> now I need to see this. Really. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm excited for because – we're going to get to see more of Shane Bieber, who comported himself very well in his second start. Uh, he was flashing a curveball that did not really seem to appear as much in his first start. I don't know whether nerves, what have you. So this about Bieber. His walk numbers are a bit higher than I expected. Uh, 1.6 per nine seems a little high. I don't know, man. <laughs> really sky high for Shane Bieber. It's ridiculous. I mean, but, he's been uh, pretty impressive. He's not like... I can't think of who would come out of the gate before as a pitcher, but I mean, that's you can't ask for much more over your first two starts yeah, when you're like 22 what or 23. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what a rookie pitcher looks like. I mean, he's, right. you know, again, it's only 11 innings. He's given up more hits than you'd like. He throws a lot of strikes. That's going to happen. I I mean, he needs to figure out how to actually pitch rather than just pound the zone because that, that'll get you all the way to the majors and then you get abused by guys who can still crush 94 on the black. But yeah. between that and, and I'll be honest with you, Matt, 
kind of on that energy for the whole Adam Plutko experience here. <laughs> that was a very short ride. It was one of those kiddie roller coasters where it goes up, comes down, done. Oof. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm ready to ooh, coast ooh, no, it's, it's not... But I mean, the, the, my biggest worry there is on the other end of the of Adam Plutko is one of two things: Josh Tomlin or Ryan Merritt. Now, do I want my Ryan Merritt jersey to maintain its relevance? Yes, yes, I do. Even though it's from three years, it's, it's a uh, spring training number, not even his real number anymore. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I don't know if he. I mean, again, unless he can somehow morph into Kyle Hendricks. I just don't think he has a long career in baseball. That said, I think that's possible now. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. Remember when I wrote about Trevor Bauer potentially changing the game, as it were, with his use of those hyper slow-mo cameras and stealing pitches from guys. I, again, I don't understand if he can do that. And Adam, Adam Adovino can turn into one of the best relievers in baseball just by doing that. I don't know why Ryan Merritt can't figure out what the hell Kyle Hendricks is doing and then go from there i suppose i'm sure they could at some point but i'm i don't know how much work that actually i know on our end it's just oh just watch them film and do it like trevor Correct. does but i can imagine how much time he spent like in the off season and even in his off days just constantly watching and adjusting the littlest right. things and and like out of you know rented out a, i don't know what it was an abandoned storefront in brooklyn somewhere and learned one pitch and it took him all winter and again i i, I recognize that it's difficult but but still I think it's possible if you're on the fringe and could right. potentially become trevor bauer or just be josh tomlin Right. I mean, if you if you can make the leap from Josh Tom from a Josh Tomlin to a Kyle Hendricks, that's it, and it, it's going to take hard work. Again, then this is a thing I've thought about for a while. Realistically, in baseball, there's guys who just do it as a job and who just don't. Well, you know, we're good enough. I think Adam Dunn was a perfect example of that. A man who reached a, a plateau, lived on that plateau for a while, and then finished walking across that plateau and fell off very hard off the <laughs> other end of that plateau. Yeah. So it's just, I mean. You can make it to the majors and just hang out in the majors for a while. And you, you, if you play for ten years, you get a sweet pension, and then you retire, and it's great. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it'd be nice to think these guys try and be, try and do what Trevor Bauer has visibly done before our eyes, which is morph themselves from a interesting prospect to a Cy Young caliber pitcher. I lost my I lost the thread there, but. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's basically just be Trevor Bauer is what we're telling everybody. Not his well, off the field. Be his pitcher. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here talking about how we can't throw a baseball telling pitchers to work hard. I ate a bunch of fried chicken a couple hours ago. Man, it was great. <laughs> Did you slackers work a little harder? Honestly. <laughs> so very important baseball story, Merritt. Um, Corey Kluber, pretty much out of nowhere, is nominated for a Kids' Choice Award. Um, not just any Kids' Choice Award, the Kids' Choice Award for sports, which started in 2013, which I was not aware was a thing. Um, so it was just a whole awards show for sports, or is it a single award uh, within the greater construct of the Kids' Choice? What? <laughs> it is a... Oh, man, you can't go back with this stupid thing. No. So it's it's the Kids' Only Choice Awards, and there's a bunch of different um, categories. There's King of Swag, Merit. There's, there's Queen of Swag. There's Best Canon. These are all like are, hip are cool kids' names. So for which one? <laughs> Obviously King of Swag. I don't care about the <laughs> well, host go back here. in a minute because the way their, <laughs> their awesome vote system works, it like tracks where you are and it goes forward. But I'm at Best Canon right now. That's their very vague definition so the kids these days can vote. Um, so Corey Kluber is up against Aaron Rodgers, Clayton Kershaw, Dak Prescott, Justin Verlander, and Russell Wilson, which before we get into any of it, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a football player. I mean, I appreciate they put the baseball players on here, even though they very obviously just took the last two Cy Youngs and also Justin Verlander. Um, I don't think they put a whole lot of thought into who was going to be the baseball arms for this one. I mean, as good as Corey Kluber is, he's not a cannon. Yeah, right. I would have Max Scherzer over Corey Kluber. (laughs) I never think of Kluber having a cannon. He's just a great pitcher, but... Yeah, if anyone has a cannon on the team, it's Bauer. Like, damn. Yeah, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers who wins, so who really cares? But (laughs) in all these categories, it's whoever the football player is will win, but... Wasn't Rogers injured all last year too? Or was that two years ago? Kids don't care. The kids these days, Merritt. They kids don't these care. days don't pay attention to what's <laughs> real on the field, huh? The guys who really put it out there, not these namby pamby fancy boys like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> on their high horse up in flashy old Green Bay. You know, they're not right there Green in, Bay. The, in the grit in Los Angeles, like Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> under those lights that are so hot and make you all sweaty. 
Oh, up there in the ravine. Molly's <laughs> in Wisconsin and his nice breeze. Yeah, you know, it's a nice cool wind <laughs> off that lake. You know, it never gets more than about 75. Then the black flies come in off the uh, black flies were more of a main thing. What kind of bugs do they have in, in Wisconsin? <laughs> horrible big bugs, know. probably. I'm sure they do because it's Wisconsin. They have horrible big everything. Uh, <laughs> the beers are nice and big, and the bratwurst, same thing. Not horrible at all. <laughs> But it was our own. As Tyler Tom Hamilton called it, God. what? What's that? As what? Oh, oh Tom, Tom Hamilton. Hamilton once called Wisconsin God's country. Oh, okay. of course he did. He's called everywhere was, God's country. I'm sure. Well, it's during a broadcast because uh, he had a house up there because he's from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, during a Twins broadcast, I believe. Mm-hmm. Twins Indians, of course. <laughs> so the Kluber thing was found by by our own Tyler Griffith, who wrote the post on it. Um, and that. he also noted that uh, there was a couple omissions here for the Indians. We both said Corey Kluber, clearly not best cannon. Who cares? He's not going to win. But I mean, kick him swag. How do you not do Jose Ramirez there? I mean, just mm. the way he carries himself, the the angry look at the plate. He's mm. He's got these great gifts of like his glasses. His hair is great. And then there's one called Hands of Gold and Francisco Lindor is not on I was going to say Edwin Encarnacion, but yes, go on. Yes. <laughs> First base. Uh, what is it? Gold glove winner Edwin Encarnacion. Is that who you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yes. <laughs> Wait, so who are the hands of gold? So it's not even a base. Oh, Nolan Arenado is the hands of gold. The oh, no, that, 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 that's fair. No, he's great. No. But, but <laughs> that's joking. it. Really? <laughs> and then they have Antonio Brown, Danny Amendola, Julio Jones, Matty Rooney, and Pecorino. What are you doing with the goalies on there? Who? No, Wait, they don't count. What was that second to last one? Matty Rooney, the U.S. Women's National Ice Hockey Team. Oh, Matty. You know, the, the Matty Rooney. All right. I heard Matty with two T's. <laughs> with two T's. I was like... Is that like Wayne Rooney's brother? <laughs> Too many handballs? He played soccer? What's going on here? It's like Bradley Zimmer. You can't just call him Brad or Matt. It's got to be Matty or Bradley. There is no well, personal names the, here. If, if you're British, you have to be Matty because you can't just be Matt. People are named Matt in Britain. You have some weird name like Matty. <laughs> oh, and there's also a need for speed category, which that could be Bradley Zimmer. It could be Bradley Zimmer. He just goes as fast as he can until a wall shows up. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> See, now in this, they have Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Busch, which is bullshit. They're in a car. They don't get. Yeah, they're not this moving not at count. all. <laughs> they're they don't, sitting. Kyle Busch is time. not fat. I will race you, Kyle Busch. I won't I race have, him. I have not run since high school, but I will race you. <laughs> I went for a run yesterday. My knee hurt, so I can't really run. <laughs> I will outcrawl you. <laughs> Leave your I will shuffle home. much quicker than you. <laughs> That's a very important baseball. I will turn right. You'll never catch me. <laughs> Kluber's not going to win it, but it's fun that he's nominated. I want to see him. I don't know. Do they still slime people for these things? I don't know. I never had Nickelodeon. You never watched Nickelodeon? What is wrong? No, I didn't have it. I oh, did you watch PBS? And... Yeah, I watched oh, You were PBS. one of those kids? Ugh. Yeah. No, no. I watched, I watched Fox cartoons, like the Mystic Knights <laughs> of Tirnano. Gargoyles. That? That was a, that's a made-up name, Eric. That is the, the Whitmer of Halo cartoons. Listeners, go look up the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog <laughs> and King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Two of the great Tiernanog. Tiernanog. That, that is T-I-E-R-N-O-G. not a word. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. It's real, <laughs> and it was shoddy at best. <laughs> it was Tiernanogi at best. It was fine. Look it up. It was fine. <laughs> I watched all two seasons. <laughs> so our bullpen merit. Um, the Indians bullpen. It's not our bullpen. We don't own uh, it yet. My not bullpen. Yet. Not yet. We're getting there. <laughs> well, but the Indians game. bullpen, surprisingly not completely, totally, awfully awful. Oh. Um, over the last 14 days, 11th in ERA and the AL, which considering they were on a pace for the record worst ever, that's not too Wait, bad. 11th in the AL, there's only 15 teams. It's not bad considering the pace <laughs> they were on. <laughs> and it's a 2.41 ERA. I mean, it's not... That's not bad. Bullpen, I mean, it's a, it's over 33 innings, so it's really wonky. But yeah. but only two walks, eight strikeouts an inning. Neil Ramirez, mm. um, take another victory lap if you want. Six innings, uh, no earned runs for him. Josh Tomlin, up. ace reliever, 3.1 innings, no earned runs. No thanks. <laughs> the only weak point has been Tyler Olsen, who is on the DL now, which I don't know if he's actually injured or it was just a get-away-from-us injury. But No more left-handers. That's, I think that's <laughs> the, what we decided on. We, we just don't do them anymore. But is this merit or is this merit? Is this it merit? Is this our effective? Is the bullpen back now to to being something at least where the, the Indians can put some people out there and not be cut through like butter? Well, it's like I talked about last week, right? I mean, 
Everything's going to tack back to some something resembling average. But, I mean, if this is it, then oof. I don't know, man. I wrote, what, last week I guess I wrote about Cody Allen. He really, the peripherals are not happy looking around him. But, I mean, they're, they're showing up, and the ball, you know, baseball being the way it is, the ball is going to find a glove more often than not. So you're going to at least luck into some happy sequencing. I mean, you mentioned in the pre-plan of the show, Oliver Perez, Pitcher who I have mixed feelings about at best. Growing up in the Northeast, I listen to a lot of New York sports talk radio. And if there was ever a more hated relief pitcher than Oliver Perez in the last decade in Flushing, Queens specifically, I can't think of one because (laughs) Mets fans hated Oliver Perez. And it poisoned my view of him. Uh, That said, he's having a very, very nice little uh, start to his Indians career. Yeah, we can actually so, take so that you the the what you're talking about now is the email from somebody we got. Was that what it was? Yeah, which smartly he emailed me and not the SBN let's go try at gmail.com because I still haven't checked that. I think it's been months now. So if you've emailed that, I'm very sorry. But it's Dude, what if they're sending gifts? <laughs> Do you know how annoying it is to switch email accounts, Mayor? That's like four clicks. Let me tell you something. I have to use Skype on my wife's computer and it <laughs> auto loads her in first, so I have to exit and then I forget my password. So oh, then I have worse. to get I have to say, forgot Pat. Anyway. Life is hard. Why don't these athletes just work a little harder? You know, just <laughs> learn a whole new thing. Huh? Change everything about what you've done for the last 25 years of your life in 20 days. Do it now. <laughs> so this email, it was Alex Orlando, which is definitely not Alexio Gondo's alternate email name. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said, hey, Matt and Mayor, I love the podcast. What do you guys think of Oliver Perez? You can I, stop at love the podcast. <laughs> that was the whole email that's it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I definitely like him better than Olsen, but Tito seems to have complete confidence in him. Um, there's another question we'll answer in a minute, which I like. But um, So Tyler, I mean, so you just hate him now because the yep. Mets fans hate him? Yeah, no, yeah, just so many calls. So many calls just tearing into him, just viciously tearing into <laughs> poor Ali Perez. I'm sure he's fine. He seems to throw hard and not walk people so far in seven innings, no walks. So I'll take it. If he's going to be a successful pitcher, if this is our Mark Zetchinski this year, if this is our Jeff Manship, fine. I'm not going to be happy about it because I'm just not. I'm not going to like Oliver Perez. He's it's too much of a history of people just being angry and calling into Mike Francis and yelling. I'm pretty sure but, Neil Ramirez is Jeff Manship this year, isn't he? Are we going to try to do that twice? Is that we're going for two Jeff Manships in one year? I don't know. We'll see about Neil Ramirez. <laughs> you you watch him and you just you just, just kind of poop yourself a little bit as it's happening, <laughs> but then it works out okay and you feel okay because I mean his numbers are oh, Jesus. I don't know. The strikeouts are there, but the walks are there too, and then the home run two home runs in twelve innings like that's not a great number. Yeah. Is then, that good? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't the like the nowhere it. in runs is all I care about right now. I mean, I I'm sure the peripherals matter, and I I, mean, I know they do, but. Considering how bad the bullpen was, if they can do, right. if they walk a million people and only allow a couple of runs, I'll take it right now. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, these guys, maybe they're learning to, to lean on the defense that's behind them. Yeah. Uh, that could be a thing. I, both of them came at, at some point or other from the Mets, both, and at neither point did those Mets teams have a good infield. Neil Ramirez last year, Perez years ago now. I think whenever that was we're out of the death spiral of the bullpen being bad and Terry Francona making bad decisions because the bullpen's bad and then the bullpen being bad because of Terry Terry Francona's bad decisions. Like I think we've finally pulled out of that at least so now it'll just be a regular bad bullpen. I mean where, it needs to get back healthy obviously. Well, obviously yeah. Nate Miller back and I still don't like watching Cody Allen pitch anymore because after looking into his numbers too deeply. But again, that could rectify itself. That could maybe this is a bad stretch. You look at numbers like fielding independent pitching, it's really high. 426, not happy. But his walk numbers are really high because they, they he walked a lot of people earlier in the season. Yeah. So things, things could shake out. We'll see. I don't know. It's so, not something I'm happy about. It's still definitely the, the major weakness of the team. And it's definitely something that once the seventh inning starts, you go, oh, no, as it begins. <laughs> so Even when Miller comes back, there's going to be he's, – he's lost a little bit of trust. A little of the yeah. old – he gets the heart going now. I mean, no, exactly. Outings, but if I mean, if he's fully healthy, then fine. But he's going to take what do you think? Four outings, five outings at least, before you, you feel confident about him. And that's five outings is over the span of ten games. So that's two weeks of Andrew Miller where you're just not feeling happy, and 
that's not great. And not having Olsen, too. I mean, say what you will about Olsen not being able to throw 90. He's a great reliever. He throws amazing pitches. His The, the break he gets on his slider is absurd. It's And the fact that he throws it in, like, seven different arm angles helps, too. So I think that that is a detriment to him because it seems like every time he drops down, he gives up a hit. I swear, this this, this must be sample size and we're just noticing it. But it seems like every time he drops, it seems like it happens to Rich Hill, too. So I don't know. Maybe it's a bad thing. But I like. I think it's neat. I like how you just throw filth like that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's not a good thing. That's what I'm saying. So I think all we're saying is that athletes need to try a little harder, and coaches listen, need to coach a little better. Listen, they can just... coaches, can you just say all the right words? Can you just, you know, <laughs> there you go. just like that works perfect. So something else that's fun, um, very fun to watch, Mary. I don't know if you've enjoyed. I know you've enjoyed it because you just wrote about it. Um, the great, fantastic American League Central, the heart of baseball. Um, that's why it's the Central. It's right there. It's the heartland, heart. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Indians thirty-seven and thirty-three, um, leading two and a half games over the Tigers. <laughs> By the way, the Tigers are ten and a half games Wait, back of the wild what? card. <laughs> There's an eight-game gap between leading the AL Central and having a chance at the wild card, which the Tigers are currently facing. Um, Indians would be third in the AL East, fourth in the AL West. It's not great. They have a plus 21 run differential. The Royals have a negative 136. There's all kinds of fun little awful, Wait, awful what? stats about the AL Central. Boy, the Royals are garbage. Those are all real things, by the way. <laughs> None of you that was made up. For a couple weeks and you go, Holy crap, they're in the pit. <laughs> the Royals Ooh. are real bad, and I love it. There's, there's no other team I'm happier to see struggle right now than the Royals. Of course, Whit Merrifield is their best. Their best two players, five friends who've ever replaced are Whit Merrifield and then Kelvin Herrera. <laughs> And Who then was a also man, not there anymore. Brad Keller, Mike Moustakis. Oh, Lord. Wait, did they trade Kelvin Herrera? They just did today, yeah. That is who got – oh, my God. <laughs> but remember, you can't trade for a lever. Nobody does that until July, Merritt. No, it's the rules. You're not Absolutely allowed to do can. it at all. There's no way the Indians can or could have traded for, I don't know, Kelvin Herrera or somebody else. At hand, none of these guys. None of these guys are available right now. <laughs> Brad Keller. Wait, is Brad Keller the – wait a minute. What? Sorry, I was just looking at all these. Yeah, Brad Keller is two of the three best players in the Royals are relievers. Ooh, that's a sign of a bad team. <laughs> that's kind of a hint that you're not doing great, but Ooh. but they know it and they're they they're tanking essentially. But I guess we've ever talked about that before the difference between tanking and just not building a great team. And I, I think the Royals are on the not. I mean, sometimes you just get bad players and then you draft poorly and then you're just shitty. Like sometimes that just happens. And I right. think that's what happened with the Royals right now. They're just bad. Like you can tank all you want. And th- there's a visible thing of that happening. You look, I mean, again, the Orioles, I don't see the Orioles are an, are an interesting case like the Royals in that they have never really demonstrated a, an aptitude for developing players. And I know the Royals won a world series a couple years ago. But I almost felt like that was despite themselves, you know? Like they had these guys who are just top, top, top flight prospects who ended up being pretty good, and they never really ended up with like a super duper star out of any of these top these top uh, draft picks. Which you look over to the Astros, who did do just that. I don't know. It's weird, yeah. And the, Orioles, I mean, same thing. Can't develop a pitcher to save their life. And then when they get pitchers who are developed, they ruin them immediately. <laughs> well, the Orioles are just so far behind in like everything. How don't they sound like by far the least amount of international prospects? Like they don't even bother scouting or Yeah. They're just no, such a backwards organization that everything about them they have a terrible owner, they have a terrible front off. I mean again, I like Buck Showalter, I like Dan Duquette well enough. They they put together some good teams. You can't say that they haven't been successful in what they've done. But then they just do things like spend all that money on Chris Davis. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they knew Manny Machado was going to be facing free agency in two years. There was no way to know that that was going to happen. And they also stole Anthony Santander, so I'm still a little bitter at the Orioles. I have not I forgiven know. them over that. <laughs> Which I don't know. Is he is he bad? He might be bad. Yeah, he, he might be bad. Is he real bad? That's sad. I, I saw him play back in uh, like May or something or April oh, when I went down there to see the uh, Ooh, see the mighty really truck. Yeah, he's no, real he's bad. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's on that team right now. I don't know how he's doing down in the minors, but uh, <laughs> but then again, he's twenty three and he was only in Double A when they drafted him and then stuffed him on the disabled list so they could keep him and just started right. the rules of the Rule Five draft. So screw them. You know what? 
Because <laughs> at this point, I don't think they have to give him back no matter what. He's been on the roster long enough. So Let's see. you enjoy He's... your player that you ruined, Orioles. Did I see him play? I went down to a Bowie game not too long ago. Interesting. He's not hitting well down there. Interesting. <laughs> no, he is not. Ooh, well, baby. Well, I mean, he jumped to the majors. He was on the disabled list forever. He didn't play for a long time. And then he did, probably didn't play longer because the Orioles just wanted to keep him on their roster without using him. So right. they've but anyway, probably essentially to, ruined the poor guy. But see, like, if you look at the standings right now, you wonder about what team. You know some teams that are tanking. The White Sox are tanking. Well, see, so what I was going to bring up. Well, like, the Tigers, I think they're trying to tank. So you think they're actively trying not to win, right? Right, right. The Marlins, same thing. The Mets just suck. The Reds trying not to win. Um, Padres. But see, like, then you have a team like the Rangers. The Rangers, who had, a couple years ago had like the best farm team in baseball. And then they just all fell into a big old pit of garbage. And now they're terrible. And it's too bad to see. Just a big they old play, pit. They, they played on that team that I really like, man. Like Nomar Mazzara. Or Shinsu Chu. Everyone loves Shinsu Chu. Anyone who's an Indians fan loves Shinsu Chu. One of the great, really one of the one of the great players to come out of the Indian system over the last decade or so. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, and he just, still gets on base a lot. He just can't do anything else. But no, yeah, yeah. He hits for no power. Well, yeah. that's the thing. He hits for moderate power, gets on base a decent amount, and then whatever. But now he has a DH. So anyway so, the AL Central is garbage and it's depressing <laughs> go on I think that's the, 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 the thesis here but in my mind like the, the line between tanking and rebuilding is just where like why the losing is happening if you're just a badly a poorly built team that yeah. to me is just rebuilding but I think tanking is when when your players and coaches are actively trying to, have to win which is crossing another terrible line that's why I never really like like the term tanking a whole lot is because if the players are trying to win like that's fine you can have a bad team you're just a bad team it doesn't mean you're tanking but then there's well, teams no. like the rangers where you wouldn't there's no reason for them to go out and try to win at this point so why wouldn't they just rebuild which they're not necessarily tanking they're just doing the smart thing which i don't think is well i mean a tank is, is merely is merely part of a rebuild it's just the most of, players can always try to win right right like i don't think they're not trying it just you, you get really bad ones who can't succeed at it no matter how hard they try the tigers have not succeeded at that aspect of it which is interesting the astros right. succeeded you know by a gangbusters then the reds <laughs> same idea yeah. the marlins interesting very interesting but yeah, in, all those, in all those cases the players were trying at least i would hope right they were just yeah. very bad at it like i mean you look at the like, come on you look at the white Sox roster and you're just because <laughs> if you're a Never player mind. not trying there's something deeply wrong with i mean right. you're, you're basically just losing so they can replace you i mean and there's yeah, no exactly. reason for a player not to win that's, that's unless you're a guy like at this point chris davis who just hates his own life and is <laughs> showing up and he's getting paid do you realize his contract runs through 2022 i realized i was talking to my dad yesterday and i was looking at his contract I was like that's the worst contract that's the worst contract than the miguel cabrera contract because at least miguel cabrera has the the draw of going to see a formal Triple Crown winner. Oh, no. They, they got their money out of Miguel Cabrera, right? When, when did they make that the big deal he's on now? Oh, no. He's still on. He still has like six, like six more years on that one, man. Well, I mean, if you get like uh, those kind of deals, you know you're going to get the bad back end. You're signing him just for like the, the few good ones, right? Like, I don't consider that a bad one necessarily. Um, but when it's Chris Davis, when he's bad the whole way through. Right. Like, he was bad when they signed. Right. Exactly. But like, I think when, when Cabrera's. Uh, extension kicked in was i didn't think think it kicked in until this year oh that's bad uh real bad yeah well he started making 30 million dollars this year when did he sign that contract do 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 let's see if if it was a while ago and they wanted just i mean they didn't get the world series out of it obviously but they made a couple trips to it so maybe it was if that's what you get then it's worth it so he signed it in 2016 Ooh, that's bad. Was when he signed that big contract. Since then, he's been worth 4.7 wins above replacement in 2016, negative eight, and then half. So he's been worth 4.4 wins in the last three years, and, and he'll have been paid by the end of he's out for the rest of the year. They signed uh, him to a nine-year deal when he was 34, 33. Yes, yes, they did. Okay, and that's he's already, bad. Yes, and he's made now 28 plus... $90 million in the last three years, and he's been worth four wins. <laughs> so the one that would illustrate my point in a way that makes sense is if Albert Pujols was good for even like one or two years. 
even but he was then, just awful. not real. Yeah, exactly. Like if they, if you gotten a World Series or two out of him, maybe. Right. Yes. And that's, I think that's completely worth it. If you win a World Series and you you basically cripple yourself financially for a few years, that's worth it at this point. Well, like the, the Cabrera deal in, in particular was a you've been so good for us, and yeah, right. sure, we've already given you two, four, six, eight, ten, forty million, one hundred forty million dollars, but here's another two hundred and fifty. That's the epitome of, of paying for what he's done, not what he could do for right, you. Right, exactly. And again, I mean, that, 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 this still has some sort of a draw, whereas there's no draw to Chris Davis. He hit 54 home runs a few, a few years ago. Yeah, and this, this all comes back around. He's a very easy oh. swing, and he might hit one every every few games, but he's ugh. <laughs> it all comes back around to why the AL Central is so bad when teams do stuff <sighs> like that. And It really, I mean, just the Royals in particular, I think, are just a microcosm of, of bad management. I still... Billy Bean was heralded as some sort of a genius. And, like, I still don't – that whole two-year run, I just don't know what the hell was happening. And they just kind of kept on winning. And then it all fell apart. And then they signed Alex Gordon again for a, what he's done for me deal. Mm-hmm. But the Moustakis deal, I think, was a very smart deal because they didn't give him a long-term deal. But beyond that, like, the Perez deal was a bad one. I just – he's a, not – he's a good defensive catcher, but – I think he he's already seen his best offensive years. The pitching is just a trash heap. It's you know. And they tried to sign Eric um, Eric Hosmer. Like imagine if they would have landed that deal, how stupid that would have been. That looks so boneheaded. Now they're paying Abraham Monte to play baseball. Fools, <laughs> you fools. <laughs> and, and the Royals they just drafted so bad. So I remember Bubba or Bubba Starling. I think he's in AAA right now, and he's awful. Mm-hmm. It's such a good um, baseball name, too. Well, yeah, it's yeah. more of a 1960s baseball name than a 2020 baseball name. You know, I, I think that's the problem. They, they draft baseball <laughs> names based on 40 years ago, not now. See, the Indians have players like Bauer and Lindor. Those are baseball mm-hmm. names. Those are good ba- modern ba- – I mean, and that's the thing. Like Mike Moustakis, Abraham Almonte, those are good modern modern names. It just didn't work out. Alex Gordon, same thing. Right. He was good for a little while, though, and it, it kind of worked. But This is good analysis. This is – You know, I, I've like always been big into – I've been into, I've been big into name analysis for a long, long time. Jacob, they really got into the first letter, uh, first letter kind of thing, where they're the same letter. You know, Mike Moustakis, Abraham Almonte, Jacob Junis, Danny Duffy. Wow, that's a lot of on this team. <laughs> that's what they're drafting for. They have nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. We'll get more guys. With the, it's the same name twice. Chelsea Cuthbert. Oh my God, there's another one. <laughs> that's literally John, their only. And Whit Merrifield is just the W upside down. They went a little different that time. Oh, so. Man. And you know it kind of worked out for him. Yeah, right. Drew Butera, a, a D is just a B with no line through the middle. Hmm. We've discovered their secret and why they're awful. As Paul, long as Paul Orlando, two O's at the end. There it is. As long as they're, um, I was going to say alliter- alliteration, and they also don't say bad words on their Twitter, they can be drafted by the Royals. I don't, I don't think they're allowed to like porn either. Right? No, they can't do that. Can't Wasn't that the rule? It. No pornography. Okay. That was, that was um, what is it? Their whack ass GM. What's his name again? <laughs> he said Dayton Moore Dayton Moore yeah. <laughs> when that came out I tweeted like a dog that was like I had like sunglasses on I was looking behind it when they did that whole pornography thing I was like what do you think of this to the Royals Twitter account I just wanted I hope Dayton Moore sees that somehow and, and mm-hmm. just hates me blows his top yeah. get that let's go tribe <laughs> I hate that one what guy let's go tribe pornography on my Twitter account <laughs> I know, the Royals are just weird and they're bad. Yeah. Um, Division's trash. What can you yeah. do? Indians are uh, reaping the benefits and not taking advantage of it. Yeah. It's great. Um, so one way they can um, is some guy who was actually, I think, I don't know if he's with them now, but he visited because he got his leg surgery and now he can kind of walk, so why not go oh, watch yeah. some baseball? Mike Napoli, um, Zach Mizell wrote on The Athletic about it. Um, he had surgery in May. He tore his uh, ACL and meniscus, but he's he's back now. He's not going to play, obviously, for all of us, but he's training to play next year. He's going to be 37 when he plays, if he does. Um, but he said in the Zach Mizell piece, quote, I'd love to manage one day. That's something I'd love to do and feel like I'd be good at it, to be able to manage people and get the best out of people. I know the game, and with the relationship I have with Terry Francona, I'm pretty sure that in this organization, I'd be able to start somewhere from the bottom up and try to move my way up and able to do that. Um, yes, I am all for that. Um, wasn't there stuff in like 2016 that he was bridging racial divides in the locker room? I mean, like... Yeah, playing cards with uh, yeah with Jose Ramirez and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like him and I think Juan Uribe is underrated part of that too. Is getting Jose Ramirez out of his shell, but but I love the idea of Coach Napoli, even if it's in the minors, a bench coach, something. I want him sticking with the Indians. I think that'd be great. 
The only reason I think he won't stick with the Indians is just the way we've seen managers go now is they don't do the thing where they used to, you know, go through the minors and learn how to manage with the minors. They just are hired as a major league manager. You know, uh, Gabe Kapler, um, others, guy in Philly. <laughs> Gabe Kapler. Uh, Brian Snedeker, maybe? I don't know. I, there, there's a couple of them out there. Um, Craig Council? Yeah, Craig Council. Um, but, yeah, just guys who are just young dudes who – Brad Ausmus. Uh, that one worked out well. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, it's just the teams – whatever used to be valued with, with the old salt as far as managing uh, is no longer valued. So you just get someone who's just not too far away from the game but who also knows how to man- manage talent, which is why I think Napoli could find himself managing a team within three years, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, you figure the – who's the manager of the uh, – oh, it's Cora. You figure if Alex Cora doesn't win a World Series in a couple of years in Boston, they'll get angry at him, they'll fire him, and they'll bring in Mike Napoli. It's a perfect choice. No facial hair on Cora, facial hair on Napoli. Former <laughs> player, mean. former player. Boom. That's all you need. Uh, I've always thought that Josh Tomlin would be a good manager also. Uh, same idea. See, you know, a, a middling talent, but who – I'm not calling Napoli's wow. talent all that middling, of course. He had <laughs> yeah. a couple of great years, but you know, so did, so did Tomlin. But I think Tomlin would be a good – manager as well i always thought that'd be a good choice yeah now you um, mentioned the boston as a landing spot but i mean what about the indians how long is wasn't there talk of like terry francona might be gone in a right. couple of years just because of his own health i mean there's right. that's another big i mean if the indians really like mike napoli maybe they give him something somewhere with the assurance that you can coach when terry francona leaves they might even have i mean we would never hear about it but there might be someone somewhere along the way who knows that for sure terry francona has this many years that he left that he wants to coach and right if and the indians like, know and, that maybe they line him up uh, and, and that makes sense to me. I mean, how old is Frank Conner? He's, he's nearing 70, isn't he? Yeah, he's had health issues too. So. He's had health issues. Yeah, I mean, all those popsicles. Damn. Uh, <laughs> he is 59. 59. Oh, so he's, he's younger than I thought. Okay, so I mean, I, I think if he managed until he was – I don't know. I think he managed another five years is the thing. I mean, how how long of that will be in Cleveland is another good question, but – you know, the Indians have never been a team to cut bait on managers unless they were really bad, you know. And he managed with the Red Sox for one, two, three, four, five, six, eight years. He's been with the Indians for six. You give him another two here, at least that's 2020. It's weird that he's with the Red Sox so long. I know, right? It's, it's, I mean, he was there for forever, but he took a three-year break between the Phillies and the Red Sox, too. Interesting. Um, but... I think Napoli would be an interesting choice. Yeah, and, he, and he's the kind of guy who, A, I think has the, the right mentality, and B, is still the young guy not too far from the game who someone would pick up. So, yes, I think the Indians are a good landing place. I just don't know if Francona is that close to retirement. I mean, again, maybe the health issues are worse than I think. Maybe. I, I think I it might be pretty close. I think I remember, like, Maybe it's just I made it up in my head, but I thought there was talk like in a couple of years he could be potentially on the way out, but I don't know. Maybe five years is the, the line. Although yeah. if it is Napoli, like if that does happen, if Terry Fricona steps down as Napoli, I wonder how pissed Sandy Alomar would be at that point. Yeah, that man, <laughs> I was thinking about that. That dude is never going to manage, is he? Ever. <laughs> Poor guy. He's always the other guy who's interviewed yeah. who, when, when, when someone gets hired, and he's just never going to manage a baseball team, and it sucks. And maybe he's maybe he interviews horribly. I don't know. But he's been... One of the names in every, like, it seems like in every major opening in the last decade. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it always seems like he's on, like, the cusp of leaving, too. And then it just never happens. Right. Exactly. And just, yeah. Terrible interviews. Maybe he just thinks he's, he plays basketball when he gets the interviews. Or football. Or <laughs> well, <laughs> he just forgets know, what really sport like to, he's doing. I like to work the pick and roll. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> uh, you know, motion offense. Listen, just go with the shotgun, and then we're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll run a shotgun. I uh, get in the pistol formation. We'll get a little motion going on, and uh, you know, set a couple of picks. Uh, I don't know. Insert rugby term here. I don't know any. And right, there we'll we go. Give you a call soon, Sandy. We're gonna make that the end of the interview. <laughs> okay, that's enough for us. Okay, I'll just I'll let you know. I can really saute a good mushroom. <laughs> what? Uh, that's that's probably how it goes. I don't know. I, I'd have to imagine the. The, the hierarchy now is probably Sandy up there close. Because if not, I would just leave if I were him. He's been this close so many times. and then At the same time, he has such a – I mean, 
first base coach is the best job. You don't even have yeah. to wave your arms, <laughs> guys, around, around in second. You know, there's no there's no pressure at all. You're just a nice guy to hang out with in the dugout sometimes, <laughs> and then you go and stand out in the sun for a couple. For you a just while. say good game or a good hit once in a yeah. while, and smack their butt. Say, don't steal now, <laughs> and then there you go. Easy as pie. Yeah. Um, so what do you say we answer some questions, Merritt? Knock them out. We already kind of answered one. So the, the other half of – got to pull it up here again. Um, totally not stalling because I put it in my done folder in Inbox, which is a really cool feature. There it is. Nope, wrong one. That's better field trip. Wait, how did the Indians win 92 games in 2013 and not make the playoffs? They did make they the did playoffs. They did make the playoffs. Okay, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the big game. Yeah. Um, so totally not Alexi Ogando, Alex Orlando. Um, the second part of his question was directed at me. I feel like I'm being called out here. He said, why do you hate Jensen Lewis? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't um, – if anybody who follows Let's Go Tribe on Twitter, I guess me on Twitter too, there's never a whole lot of uh, nice things about Jensen Lewis. I don't hate him as a person. I don't know him as a person, obviously. But but as someone who watches baseball, who cares about baseball, it just seems to me that he's he's not very good for baseball. And, like, the idea of him talking about the Indians more is just awful to me. <laughs> He's just so anti like anything slightly new that might challenge his thinking that it's just painful to listen to and I just don't like listening to the guy. I guess I can understand why he appeals to some people, like the older mentality kind of people, but if you care about baseball and like where it's going and the mm-hmm. idea of pushing it forward and watching it in a more interesting way, Jensen Lewis is not the guy really to listen to. There's never a whole lot that he adds outside of just the same rehashed old things he listens to over and over again. That's that's basically how I feel about Jensen Lewis. I mean, Rick Manning is that same kind of thing too, but at least he's entertaining to listen to when he's <laughs> – uh, at times he is. I just don't see any redeeming thing about Jensen. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I'm not a big fan of, of how he represents baseball and how to watch it, I guess. And, I mean, that's kind of a poison too. It's kind of across baseball, right, whether it's a writer or a commentator or whatever. It's just – so often do guys, these guys concentrate on the things that aren't cool about baseball or not good or, or quote-unquote, the sport is dying or what have yeah, you. Yeah. And when in reality we have more talent than ever and there's more young talent than ever before. I mean, Francisco Lindor might be one of the greatest players in history for all we know before his career is over. Mike Trout is that already. But all, instead all we hear about is how the game is dying and changing too much and we need to stop shifts and – strikeouts and all these things and the, the game the way the game is played these days just isn't the right way i mean i'll be the first to admit sometimes it's a little boring yeah it's it's a little bit too you know th- true outcomey i guess but at the same time like if you can sit there and just complain about the way the game is or i don't know and, and lewis does have a i'm with you on, on this i mean I, I i'm not a big fan of jensen lewis he seems to complain about things that don't you don't need to complain about um you know, small ball crap that doesn't have any that, – that, if anything, would probably wound the Indians' chances of winning in a lot of times. Yeah, and sometimes you do need to be able to get a run in from third. But, I mean, it's, it's not something to harp on when they lost the game 9-2 to two or when they won the game, you know, 5-4 to th- five to four or something like that because the pitching was there. So, I don't know. Guys like that are just curmudgeons who are only 45 years old. It's a little much. Like <laughs> – the game is as, is should be as healthy or more healthy than ever, but instead we have, we have everyone focusing on the negatives instead of the positives. And yeah, is there any sport like that more than baseball that just kind of hates itself? Right, like it's just like, it's such there's such a self loathing. There's such a right. focus on why. Like I, I remember my dad said this to me a long time. Like he grew up in the '50s, the quote unquote golden age of baseball. No one went to games back then, dude. No <laughs> one wanted no a no one wanted to go into the inner city, and b it was just no one went to games because TV was there. It was just – and I don't know. If you go and watch games from like the 60s and stuff like that, like if you, you look in the stands, like even a Yankee Stadium, like when Mickey Mantle was there, there was, the, the seats were empty half the time. People just didn't go. Like the, the tennis was, was, in the, was in the tank. It's Again, it's as healthy as it's ever been. It makes more money than ever. But if you talk to certain people, it's just – it's, it's going to die next week and that's it. They might as well just shut the whole league down because what's the point? We don't have an otherworldly talent applying his trade in Anaheim right now. A guy who literally might be the best player of all time, like without hyperbole. And instead, we just hear about how guys swing too hard. 
and they dare swing the ball up in the air, and I don't like that. Right? Like, move the ball? I don't know. <laughs> New things are scary. But even, like, I think basketball kind of went through this a little bit when there was uh, more emphasis on three-pointers, but now everybody's just kind of gotten over it. Unless maybe it's just I'm on the outside, I don't notice it as much, but it seems like basketball adapted more, and they were way better at just accepting it and well, growing and right. I. I think what happened there, too, is, I mean, Stephen Curry just proved that he wasn't just a good guy at shooting threes. He's a legit, like, like when a truly legendary singular talent shows up that does a thing that's, that the, you're complaining about breaking the league and you realize this guy would be great at any time ever, and, and legends all agree on that. Maybe that helped, but, which is harder to do in baseball, you know, like, yeah, maybe the problem if anything, with Mike Trout is. He's not great at any one thing, you know? He's amazing at a lot of stuff, but he's, you know, he's always... It's it's surprising to look at how how few times he's, like, led the league in things, you know? Like, up until this like this year, he's leading the, the leading baseball in home runs. He's never actually done that. He's led the league in... He's led baseball in RBIs once. He's never had won a batting title. The last three years, he's led in on base percentage. But, like, these are, like, things... Like, it's, like, walks and not striking out and things like that that he like leads baseball in it's not things that really blow you off you know just you know knock your socks off instead it's just total bases you know like he's already has 2000 total bases in his career which is a crazy number but it means nothing to me at the same time so yeah he's just overall great and just not yeah it's just kind of weird, yeah. yeah yeah so i think this whole perception of baseball thing kind of feeds into the next question um kent driscoll on facebook Yes, why does our offense sputter? Seems like the players go on hot streaks separately and never as a team. Sort of frustrating. Too many good hitters on this team, and I believe they're averaging three to four runs a game in June. Can't win on those numbers. I think every team does that, and every I think the Indians' droughts are longer now than when they're great. But I think every team they just sputter once in a while, and it just it just and nobody pays attention to when they're really good. They just enjoy it and love it. And then when they're really bad, yeah. it's like oh, this always happens. This is the way it always is. But it's yeah. not like that's just baseball. I think, and it's part of the reason. No, maybe not why people don't like baseball, but like in basketball, if you're good, you're just good all around. You just lose some games once in a while. But baseball, you go through long stretches where you are really bad. Even yeah. like a hundred win team is going to be bad for a while. But I don't think the Indians' offense is any worse off. Other than April, that was miserable for a long stretch of time. But now that the normal offense and the temperatures warmed up, I think they're just they're an offense now. They're their scoring is down a little bit in June. I don't think it's too terrible. But um, Edwin's obviously really slacking now. Um, he's struggling, but then you have Lindor Ramirez and Michael Brantley at the top of the lineup who are great, even though they're, mm-hmm. they're a little worse than they were in May. But, um, and then Jason Kipnis is, we had another question about him is when will the tribe give up on Jason Kipnis after tonight? I don't think they are. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of how baseball works and the Indians are just a regular offense. Now they're probably not going to win 22 games in a row again, but, um, what do you, is it, what do you think? Is there a reason the offense is sputtering well, or I are think they sputtering? The first half of his question. Um, I hesitate to say that they have a lot of great hitters. They have three great hitters. Well, he did say good. Uh, Too many good hitters. <laughs> I even even then. I mean, they have guys who have a history of being good. But I mean, you have to. I mean, I love Edwin Encarnacion a lot, and the signing was very cool. He's thirty five years old, and he's a slugger. Expecting him to perform the same exact way he did last year is a little bit out of hand. I don't. I think he was going to be a very. I, Never expected to be more than the third or fourth best hitter on the team this year. And if you did expect that, then, well, I mean, I understand that. I like that. I like him too. But, you know, whatever. I mean, but outside of the three you mentioned and Lonnie Chisenhall, who, I don't know, Matt. I think he's good. I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's another one who's just streaky. No, exactly. He is. And I mean, he's a platoon guy, yes. But at the same time, he's not really a platoon guy if you look at his platoon splits. Uh, ever since he started using that axe bat with the neat handle, I think he, what, about a year ago now, he's really turned into a very good hitter. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, Jan Gomes strikes out a ton. He's a good catcher hitter. Uh, Yonder Alonso has yet to really replicate anything he's done. He did a year ago and has always been about a league average hitter. Jason Kibnis is. Yeah. Brandon Geyer, again, platoon guy. <laughs> Who was that uh, one right before Brandon Geyer there? You came to Jason Kidman. I believe one. I said Jason Kidman. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's just there, there's a reason why I think that they should trade for a bat. Like, 
they're not that great of an offense. They have three amazing hitters, a couple of decent hitters, and then seven, eight, nine is trash. Like it's it's going to be some collection on any given day of Rajah Davis or Greg Allen or Roberto Perez or Eric Gonzalez, and that's not winning. That's not going to win you a lot of games. So, no, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just the. It's not a great. It's always been a team built around its pitching staff, and if you give them four runs, you should usually win the game. It's just part of that pitching staff is not what it once was, so it's going to look a little bit uglier in the in the standings. Um, if they could again find another bat, if one of these guys could figure it out, if Lonnie Chisholm can you know hit like this the rest of the year, hell yeah, this is a very good team. But they they have the depth of the lineup like the Astros or the. Royals, not the Royals, Jesus, the Red Sox or the Yankees or whoever. They just don't do that. They just don't have it. They didn't have it last year, really. I mean, losing Carlos Santana really sucks. Um, but yeah, they're just they're not that good. They're not that great of a hitting team. They're a good hitting team, but I wouldn't call them anything more than top, you know, tenth best in baseball at best. Right. Yeah, I think they sort of. I don't know if it's even on purpose, but they seem to get all these streaky guys and just hope they'll all be streaking into the playoffs. I guess because Edwin. Yonder Alonso, maybe it just comes with signing sluggers, but it seems like they're almost targeting these guys who are bad for stretches, but they can also be like all stars for stretches, and they're just hoping they hit at the right time, which might be the right strategy after all. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, we, we've seen you know one guy can carry a team for a couple weeks or win it, well, right. you know, win a game, especially when things get tight, when you know, when one run can mean so much. Right. Um. Again, we'll see. I mean, it. it Maybe last year was a fluke year under Alonso. I don't know. Uh, running run scoring is down overall this year. I think home runs are down overall this year. Maybe they did something to the ball again. I don't know. That really sucks for someone like him who made such an abject change to the way he, he, he approaches the game as a whole. But yeah. again, they're not a great offense. They're good. They're a pretty good offense with a great starting rotation and a <sighs> shitty bullpen. So. <laughs> On that fun note, Merritt, uh, that's going to be our podcast this week. Um, anything fun that you do? What do you do? <laughs> what do I do? I don't know. I said <laughs> anything fun supplies, over the next week. So that's not fun. <laughs> uh, what do I do? <laughs> anything baseball related you're looking forward to? Any uh, any ideas yes. you got cooking up not there? This, not this week, but uh, Mike Trout's coming to Baltimore at the end of the month, and I'm going to go and see that because I am the Orioles. That's I, yeah, dude. Cheap tickets, baby. <laughs> Manny Machado. They got this beer there called Bleacher Beer, made by a flying dog. Those of you who can get your hands on any flying dog, always great beer. But it's this like, just, if you read about it on their website, it's an eminently crushable lager. It's just a nice beer to drink in the sunshine. I wish it was seven dollars. Yeah, that's how they describe it. I, mean, I wish it wasn't seven dollars for a can, but it's a ballpark. What can you do? If it was like five, my god. Um, so yeah, that. Beyond that, I don't know. Maybe I'll go to a Nats game. We'll see how it goes. Well, there we go. The more I list these things, you'll recognize where I live. (laughs) Somewhere in Texas, I think. Um, I'm just jealous that you live near two baseball teams. My nearest is the Elmira Pioneers, Merritt. Elmira Pioneers. (laughs) I don't even know where that is. That is the star of the Perfect Game Collegiate Baseball League, which houses, what is it? It's like, it's mostly just college players who come over after the college season and play for a couple months. That's kind of cool, though. I mean, you you see some, some names who might be names, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of errors. It's really fun to watch. It's, I'll say this: what I'm sad is about is I, I I don't live near uh, more minor league baseball because I love minor league baseball. See, I it's cheap, fun. It's it's the best. There must be something near you no. somewhere. If you look Are on you... a map of like minor league teams, there's me and there's like a a 50 mile radius where there's nothing. The closest is the Binghamton Mets, like an hour away. Oh, the B Mets. Yeah, or the Binghamton Rumble Ponies is what. They're oh, that's right. They're the Rumble Ponies now. <laughs> what a great look. What a great name. <laughs> But I do have the Williamsport Crosscutters within driving distance, which is where like the the um, Little League World Series is played. So right. they have a really yeah. nice field. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and anyway. then I'm uh, <laughs> trying to beat Metal Gear Solid Five, but I think I'm uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm about it anymore. It's it's not as good. It's missing something. Welcome to 2015, Merritt. That's where the rest of us are. Oh, I know. I'm just. I mean, <laughs> I got nothing to buy until Death Stranding comes out. So I got another <laughs> what two and a half years for that. So I got nothing. I got nothing going on. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone else, see you later.
Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.